Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. this Monday night, and we're so glad that you're here. We're looking forward to spending a wonderful evening with you this evening for uh, just a little bit of time, and uh, we've got the whole crew back tonight. People have been on vacations and off to school and other things. It's been really great following everyone, but tonight we have the whole team back, and we have a very special guest. Uh, As you know, Raising Expectations is your program, your team, and we're here because we want to encourage you. And we live in a world today where encouragement is something that's very, very important and very vital for each of us. So we hope you'll be lifted up. We love God. We love the Lord Jesus Christ. We're thankful for him. So um, we, uh, I'm getting notes on the screen. It's interesting. I always follow through on these. So see what I'm doing. So sometimes I feel like an astronaut in outer space. I'm not sure what to do. So my main text that I send back is a four-letter word called help. But anyway, it always works out good that way. So we're glad that you're here. Tonight, uh, I want to introduce again, so many of you have been texting, social media, appreciate getting back to us, so many uh, people sharing, and some of you are coming from all over the place, and I'm so thankful for you. We're glad that you're with us, and uh, we'll look forward to getting to know you more and more as we get into this end of the summer and the fall. We've got all the way through the elections, people you wouldn't believe that are going to be with us. And so um, we want to begin tonight by, again, sharing our team with you very quickly. For you here on the West Coast, we have with us uh, the famous uh, Dr. Paul Hall, yeah, who is a retired you. pastor. And <laughs> And the only theologue specialist in the entire world. And yeah. uh, no. and he does a great job. So we're glad Paul's there with us on the West Coast near Santa Barbara in Lompoc, California. Lompoc. And I uh, got that down. So that works out good. All the way back in Georgia near Dalton, Georgia, I think, not far from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. They can still hear the choo-choos late at night, but uh, it's a great place to be. Uh, we have the Thayers, Stephanie and Dr. Craig Thayer. Uh, they have their two sons that we've been following in water polo. Uh, Tank, we call him Tank. Tank was a water polo player, and uh, he has our utmost respect just for the fact that he was a water polo player. But the fact is, uh, we live to tell about it, but he's the real deal. Uh, he, His boys are doing a wonderful job. We praise God for their, their parents, for the way you teach them and bring them up. We've got some great things. I can't wait to share with them some of our school specialists that'll be on that I can't wait for Stephanie and Tank to talk with. But uh, Tank is a a surgeon, a trauma surgeon, and a health specialist, uh, actually nutrition specialist. And Stephanie, his wife, she is a well-known specialist in the area of health 
wellness and understanding who you are. And she also loves God and loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when she talks to you, she brings a message of hope that uh, comes all the way from the word of God. So she brings you together. And again, the team's called the Dynamic Duo. We're glad they're back. It's going to seem normal tonight. Then all the way down in Florida, who's actually in Central America, but I believe he's in Florida right now. We have our favorite pastor from Texas, Pastor Ron Greer. And uh, there's Ron. <laughs> Good to see you, brother. He's uh, he's on a different setup tonight because he's on a mission down there in Florida. And uh, we're so thankful that we're with him. We love and appreciate Ron. And uh, we should run Ron for Congress again. They almost did. He would have cleaned up. We wouldn't be in the shape we're in now if Ron was there. It would have been a much better set. So he's also a retired pastor and a Marine and a guy and a guy that uh, we're blessed by all the time. So we are getting texts calling in already. Hey, we found you. That's good. So, uh, <laughs> hey, they're saying people are saying, here you go. We can't wait. This is really going to be a nice evening, guys. So uh, we have a guest tonight that I'm excited. Before I do this, then I'm going to back back away and let you folks share uh with our incredible guest tonight. He's going to share, we're going to interact, but I think I need to do something. Uh, I'm not very good at this. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, you're looking at two pastors on one side. They're not very good at this either. I love these guys. So the three of us didn't do very good. But some of you got a hold of me this week and said, you know, Pastor Joe, we've tried to make a donation and uh, we can't get it to work. So uh, so I felt like saying me either. But anyway, I called and BBS Radio Television, I tell you what, the guys there, they are the greatest. They took time to go through it. Love and appreciate this guys, their integrity, their loyalty, and the way they take care of things. And TJ, their son, uh, uh, Don's son, he's just excellent with what he does. So um, we are going to move ahead right now. And I'm going to go through very quickly. This is how it works. So quickly, I'm going to run this by you. You can get it on your website to make a donation later. I don't want to go into this later, but if you would like to help us, we've got great things coming in the fall. So go to the website, which is bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. Click on the donation button. So far, I had that one down. But the next step that you do is you fill in where it says card only. If you want to make a donation with your credit card, like our friends that have been talking to me have done, then what you need to do is just bring up your card. They will ask you for your typical thing, your billing address and such, because PayPal is an incredible group. They do an excellent job. And at that point, do not create a PayPal account. They may say, would you like to create a PayPal account? And uh, you don't want to do that unless you want one. You can have one. We're not going to stop you. But you don't really need to push that. All you need to do at that point is to lean down, turn off that little button. It's on the right side. Just click it to no. It's got a check. Click it, no, turn it off. It will then uh, send you to a new slide that says donate now. All you do is click the button, make the donation there. They'll send you a receipt. That's all it takes. Four steps. We will be blessed. And uh, I'm so impressed that I was able to do it myself. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. So it's going to be a home run. I, if anybody knows, I'm a computer specialist. That's why we always yell the word help to TJ first, Stephanie second. And, uh, of course, we pray before that. So that always works out that way. So anyway, folks, thanks for being with us tonight. We've got someone very special. I'm going to introduce him. 
you might remember him from before, the Honorable Alan B. Clark. Many of you have got back to me on social media and said you've been reading about him and you've been blessed just reading, Alan. They've been reading about you and uh, been encouraged that uh, there's a real American, the kind of leader that we need. Two years after graduation from West Point, he volunteered for a tour, tour in Vietnam where he served as a military intelligence officer assigned to the 5th Special Forces. He was in a battle there and necessitated after that battle, he could have been killed with guns. And I'm just beginning with you, Alan. He had amputation to both of his legs below his knees. He was honored to have his service recognize him. He was awarded the Silver Star for gallantry in action, the Purple Heart and the Combat Infantryman's Badge. He also was included by appointment to President George H.W. Bush as Administration Assistant Secretary for Veterans Liaisons for the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. He's an author of three or four incredibly outstanding books, and uh, he is with us tonight. We had a little bit of difficulty, but he's going to be almost the same. He's going to use the telephone, and he's going to be right there, right in his home, feeling right at home with us. So I would like to uh, welcome him. Oh, there's one other thing that I did want to share, and that is, um, very quickly, uh, something that he said. And I'd like you to keep it in mind uh, as you go through this time. This really moved me today, Alan. He said in his thing, you're going to like this. He said, apart from faith in God and obedience to him, there's no ultimate security, might or power or to sustain a great culture, civilization, or a military supremacy, however advanced they may be, apart from a faith in God. That's why we're here with you tonight. Would you welcome, please, the Honorable Alan B. Clark and bring him on to Raising Expectations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Blessed well, to have you with us. Ron, it's great to see you. We have to meet in Ventura, California. Well, we live about 10 miles apart. We need to meet over there. Now we just, so, uh, can, can you hear us, Alan? Can you hear yes, us? Yes, I can hear you fine. Yeah, yeah. I can. If you could just you turn me your up phone there? up, maybe, TJ, is that uh, what he needs to do? No, we can hear him. We can hear him. Uh, I, I can. Can you all hear me? Yourself? Okay. Well, listen, Joe, you mentioned that I should go ahead and get started. Um, and, and you want me to do that now? Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go in that order. First God, then TJ, then Steph. <laughs> So, Pastor Joe, we can you hear Alan. Can you hear Stephanie? She'll tell you. Yes, we can hear Alan. Go ahead, Alan. You're good. Okay, you ready to go, Joe? Yeah. Go ahead, Alan. We're ready. Okay. Well, um, I guess to prepare for this without even knowing it, um, two or three weeks ago, I in reading the Old Testament, I got into Second Chronicles, and I was very, very impressed by the ups and downs of the uh, northern kingdom and the southern kingdom uh, Judah uh, kings they, they you know some of them were good and some of them were bad and, you know one of them uh, got rid of all their laws and and the grandson uh, located them in the temple and he brought them uh, somebody brought him back to Josiah and he, he got with the program and said my gosh he tore out his he, 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 he just was so upset. What in the world have we been doing when we've gotten rid of these things? And um, all the ups and downs of the things they are doing and the judgments. I mean, you know, in life you have the strategic, in the military you have the strategy and you have the tactics, okay? 
The strategy is the big deal, is the overall structure, you know. Our, our strategy is to, is to wipe out uh, the Nazi Air Force and get at those submarines and, you know, uh, get it, knock the kamikaze planes out as a tactical type of deal than warfare. But so the tactical thing relates to us spiritually, uh, spiritual warfare, the strategic oh, warfare, and then tactically, what do we do to combat uh, the demon spirits? But on a, a larger and broader strategic basis, the kings in those days and the administrations and government today, our presidents and what they uh, carry through in society, uh, have great applicability and great comparability. You know, those kings, they would they would get their egos up, they'd get their pride up, they thought, well, well, I've accomplished this, I've won this battle, I can go after these people, and, you know, they got, they got cut back. You know, Uzziah was one of those kings that really messed up big time, and his judgment came tactically because he got leprosy. Now, in the larger and broader sense, when those people had messed up so much in the northern kingdom, 722, God judged them by having the Assyrians take them over. And then the southern kingdom, Judah, 586, he judged them because they had been, they had been given the, the, the promised land, and they'd given, been given all these gifts by God. They were not grateful. They messed up, and, and the, the southern kingdom uh, was taken over by the Babylonians. And, you know, only when Cyrus came in about 539 or so did he say, okay, you, you all can go back. So they had the, the free migrations back and, and reestablish the, the Jewish nation. But it's comparable today. Because that law that Josiah, somebody found in the temple, the laws probably back uh, to Deuteronomy uh, had been lost. And the same thing here is we haven't lost our Declaration of Independence. We haven't lost our Constitution, but it seems like we've ignored it. Now, I got to thinking uh, just a week ago, we had the, the best birthday party that I can imagine. I don't care about my 80th birthday party happening June 20th. I don't care about June 17th as my 55th alive day from when I was wounded in Vietnam. The best birthday party any of us can have is July 4th every single year. We've, we've uh, celebrated our 246th one. You know, that Declaration of Independence was God-inspired, God-breathed for those forefathers in America to write those incredible things and to sign it from the 13 states. And then in 1787, had that Constitution. Just incredible. No documents in history have ever matched that as far as to guide a people. We have had so many, uh, so much happening in our society, especially in the last uh, few months. They've taken us away from this Constitution. They've taken us away from all the great things that were the original founding fathers and mothers that set this country up in 1776, just like, uh, you, you know, Israel was judged. And, and I believe that we're being judged today because uh, we, have, we have, as individuals, tactically, we have um, broken away from individual faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And for a country, uh, you know, by hook or by crook, however it was done, uh, we have strayed away from a lot of the great things that have made America great and have kept us great. And there's a comparability here, historically, that we better watch out for. Now, I don't know whether we're in the end times prophecy. You know, that's only that's for God to judge. But a lot of, so many things are happening that um, uh, it, it's time for us to take audit in the United States of America where we're going and how we're going and what are we going to do as individuals and collectively 
uh, for our government relative to getting us back on back on track. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic, but uh, I'm always aware of those judgments for Israel and what kind of judgment are we now facing? But not a complete collapse and not a complete overthrow and not a complete invasion from overseas by somebody or uh, internal revolution, which is a real scary thing. That's kind of my opening shot across the bow, Joe. And uh, <laughs> Ron knows what Man. I'm like. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. <laughs> That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, uh, uh, um, and I, I appreciate your take on that, brother, as usual. Uh, it's always uh, somewhat spot on. Uh, I do have a question. Uh, so, because one of the, uh, uh, I think the misnomers among a lot of folk is, as long as we are individually praying and following Christ, then we're fine. However, and in that same mindset, we don't get involved in politically in the country. We don't put a lot of energy into that. And we somehow think that God, the things are just going to work out if we keep praying and trusting God. Um, what, what's your take on that? How how should yeah, we yeah. regard uh, political issues as Christians? Yeah, well, you know, there's been um, kind of a, a tradition in certain circles in America that if you do keep your own life personally straight, that's that's the tactical level, that everything else will work out okay. Well, that's no longer true. We have plenty of dedicated, um, committed Christians in this country, and look at all the problems we've got. And we've got this high inflation. We've got an actual border invasion, as the governor of Texas and the governor of Arizona have documented. Um, we are weakened tremendously throughout the world. We're not, we, we are not respected overseas anymore. And, uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to have, uh, the, the men in black knocking on my door, so I won't say anything specifically, uh, about, uh, distinctive details about the administration and so forth. But we are in a mess. The censorship by these high tech people. It is a time in America that if the Christian community cares, and even if they're not Christians, if they care as citizens of the United States of America, if they care, this is the time to get involved. Because it is not just enough to keep your life straight at the tactical level. It is a strategic issue, strategic problem in America, and a strategic solution is to come back to God collectively and to hope that there is another great awakening in this land. That's the best I can Amen. do, <laughs> Amen. You know, last last night, uh, last night I was listening to uh, an interview, and uh, one of the one of the people on this panel, um, I'm, he said it publicly, so I, I I'm confident I can share his name. It was Larry Elder, who ran for governor in California. Larry Elder. They were talking about um, news sources and how people listen to different news sources, and how the how the the truth or the story. Uh, is disseminated into our culture. And his observation was, and I'd like to have your insight on this, Alan, his observation was that at least 50% of the people in our country don't care to know what the truth is, okay? Do you have any any feelings about that? They don't care. I thought that was a, that was a, that was a pretty uh, outrageous statement in one sense, you know, but, but to think that people don't care. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's more don't know to care. That's how I would. That's how I would uh, uh, talk about it. Um, the majority of the people in this land 
um, you know, have their, their 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 bills to pay. They have their if they're if they're raising kids, you know, getting the kids to soccer, getting them dressed up to go to church, or just doing the things that they need to do. I mean, we think about the we think about when do you think about the hospitality business in this land, the service business, the people that run the stores, the people that work in the stores, people work in the restaurants. I mean, this is almost, they don't have time. You know, like I, I have a, a monthly luncheon group that Ron comes to from time to time, and I try to get uh, young people, you know, under 50 to come. Well, they care, but they don't have time mm-hmm. with the job, you know, all day long to take off two hours round trip to leave their offices here in the Metroplex and come and listen to the kinds of talks, speakers that I've had. And Ron has spoken to my group before. They don't have time to do that. Happy people, they're individual entrepreneurs or they are retired. Uh, so a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And they are blasted with the the censorship that we have in our land. They're, they're blasted with the big tech cabal that controls so much of the information in this country. They get wrong information. And so they, they would like to be involved. They would like to care. But it's the activists that keep things going. And the alternative news today is a great way to, to, to um, embolden people and to, to have people become aware of what they don't know. And once they know something, that's when they begin to care. And I think people are beginning to wake up. Things have gotten so bad in this country in the last year and a half or so, that they have got to pay attention, and they are paying attention, and things are turning. Mm-hmm. Point. Good point. Amen. Step Tank, how you doing? Yeah, no, I mean, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm an old-school general surgeon, so uh, that means, you know, when we went through residency, we didn't have the 80-hour workweek limit. We would work 164 hours a week, get four hours off. And we loved it because we, we were, I asked my, my chairman one time, 20 years after my residency, I go, why are the newbies coming out? and don't want to, they just don't have the drive. And he used an interesting word. He said, they are not gregarious. They don't want to hang with mm-hmm. Gregarious. Yeah. And, um, they just don't take any, not pride, but interest in commiserating with other people and being a group and a team and helping. Interesting. Kind of yeah. like a bed, bedside, what's called bedside manners, as I guess we'd call with uh, listening <clears throat> to the past. But let me tell you an example. We have a, a young woman that um, Linda's, Linda's son was a, a a teacher at a high school just about a mile away, and he he was very well respected. He passed away seven years ago from a heart attack, but he was very well respected. One of one of the students that he got along with really well went went to Brown. I mean, you know, Brown's a dead gum good uh, elite school and so forth. And she was planning on becoming a physician and going to medical school, but she said, you know, and this is just candid. What she said, she came and talked to us one time. She says, you know, it got to the point where they started teaching us about the the economics and the financial aspects of medicine uh, rather than just what I wanted to dedicate my life to helping and healing. And so that's what took her out of it. She said, I don't want to be a physician anymore. If that's what I have to be so concerned about 
is the economics and the finances. I mean, that becomes a business rather than uh, serving people. And I think that's what you're talking about. You said, I'm an old school traditional guy. Well, apparently the new school is it's a business. And man, we've got to, we've got to run those patients through. We got to write those notes up fast and uh, do our thing, you know, and maybe that's the dichotomy that we're facing in your industry today. And, and it's a, it's an entire breaking away from traditional values. You can look at it with, with, um, uh, the, the, the mores, the country, the traditional values that, that I'm an old school guy too. I mean, my gosh, my dad's an army officer. All I want to do is serve my country, go to the military academy at West Point, and age eight, tunnel vision. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I, I was able to do it. But what I believe in, uh, you know, one time I saw a movie, uh, it was about MacArthur, and MacArthur was on a ship. Uh, in the Pacific, and this is in a movie, of course, it may not have been true, but I love the story, and I tell it. Uh, but Roosevelt went out there to meet him on the ship, and Roosevelt said, and this is the 43, 44, and MacArthur had been in the Philippines since 36, never come back to the country. Um, Mac, you ought to come back to the United States because things are changing. And what MacArthur said that I will never forget, he says, the things I believe in never change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your old-school medical tradition, the old school uh, pastors in this country teaching about sin, teaching about uh, disobedience, teaching about judgment, teaching about reconciliation, talking about repentance. Those are old school things. Same thing in the the military today. The old school, be tough and and, uh, unite as a team and go and win our wars. That's not happening in the woke culture of the military today. All of our all of our traditional um, places and, and uh, arenas are under attack. Every single one of them, the ministry, the uh, medicine, the military, just the mores of the country. It's really sad for us traditionalists. Mm, amen. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're dead on about uh, two weeks ago, we had this great couple on and he's running for um, the uh, school district supervisor. So, a key spot for a Christian to be the light. Um, and it sounds like there needs to be other spots that they need to be lights. What, what would you think those would be? What, what else, what else do we need? What are the priorities we should jump in as Christians? In, in the schools? In well, the schools? we mentioned schools, but what else <laughs> outside of schools? Well, um, you know, I've always, I became involved in politics right after I got back from Vietnam. Uh, which was 68. I got involved in local politics and um, I got involved with campaigns and uh, working on phone banks and, you know, everything that you do to get people in office. And, um, you know, for me, it was an opportunity because I couldn't serve in the military anymore. It was my opportunity to um, serve my country through the political arena. And um, once again, what we should do is we should find out about what uh, is happening at the city council. We should find out what's happening at our school board, find out if they're teaching critical race theory in our schools. Uh, what are they doing uh, to divide and conquer us based upon uh, black versus white, minority versus majority, et cetera, and divide and, and being very relatively successful in many ways in many school districts, dividing and conquering and getting rid of this stuff, changing over the school board. In Dallas, Ron knows how a couple of our districts here 
really got to work with friends that we know, and they took over the school boards and the city councils, and they got rid of these liberals. And the, the important thing is get into the political system, get yourself registered, get yourself attending. You've got to have people that you say, okay, you, you know, you, you have you, you collect your citizens together in a community. And say, okay, what are you interested in? Well, I'm interested in what the the uh, the, uh, the uh, city council is doing. Okay, you're assigned to city council. You go to every single city council meeting. We're going to feed you questions to ask. You get informed on them. So and so, you you go to the school board. So and so, you get to the county commissioner's court. So and so, you get to the um, the uh, state senator that we have. You assign somebody to all the political positions in the community, and uh, and they are going to be the responsible one to pay attention to it and feed it out to everybody else and get your network set up locally. To, to change your communities, and it's got to be done one by one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but I was you, wondering, you what, know, you, oh, Ron, okay. okay, sorry. Um, I apologize. I'm still a little bit sick, so if my voice is funny, I'm sorry. Um, I was wondering. Well, you look great. I don't care about your voice. You look great. Thank you. I'm the only female representing here tonight. Um, Thank you. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts were. Um, You know, I I know especially a lot of younger folks are getting their information on social media, and a lot of it is opinion and not journalism or facts. And a lot of it I find to be very emotionally based. How do you think we could help our society move from these emotional reactions to more logical um, reactions. Is that doable? Uh, Well, I'm not sure it's doable, (laughs) but if it were to be doable, um, what would have to happen is the media. Now, now, you know, there are six major corporations in the United And by the way, uh, you know, I wrote a book called Soldiers, Blood, and Bloody Money. I think we may have talked about that before. You know, the, how, how the elites control the world. And I've studied four wars, and I got up to about 1900. But I know that the elitists uh, who make money, they have – all they care about is making money. They don't care about the little people. and They don't care about what they have to do, what immorality they need to uh, project, or what – unethical behavior. I mean, not all business people are that way, but but the, the, the ones that aren't that way seem to have been the ones that have succeeded in our history in so many different arenas and so many different ways. Now, we go back to six major media companies, control newspapers, control radio programs, control TV, control printing, control everything. If you've got six companies only basically controlling the media of the United States of America. And if those big owners, you know, the the original owners and the the boards of directors, if they belong to these different organizations that don't have the common people's heart and and direction uh, uppermost, and look, I'll tell it like it is, okay, because I've studied it. We're talking about people in the Council on Foreign Relations. We're talking about the people in this global economic forum that, that comes out of Davos, all the things they're doing. All the people that are the elitists that are running the countries, that are putting people in public service, those people control what we hear and what we say. Now, let's start with the lower level, the lower level supposed journalist who really is not, who is not really a journalist, is really doing his, his or her job. What they're doing is what their editor says 
at a newspaper. What the editor says, what the editor uh, promulgates and propagates with the reporting um, standards and what what is covered and how it's covered will be dependent upon the ownership of that media. So if, if the ownership of the newspaper in some town are liberals or they have a certain agenda that they've been told by other leaders, this is what we're going to propagate in the country, that's what that journalist is going to say. That journalist will not think about, will not be able to have the freedom to say what is truthful and what needs to be said because they depend upon a job. So the question is, do you have enough courage as a journalist to say, look, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to get in a position where I can be truthful with myself, unto my own, unto myself be true, and uh, go and do something else. And the only people who can really do something like that are people that have freedom because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. That gives us a special freedom. We have enough people out there after a great awakening and a continued growth of, of faith in our country and the Christian faith and the integrity and the the ethics that we reflect because of what Jesus the Christ taught us, that if you have enough people and they, they get their faith and they get their freedom from their from their um, worship, then they can say, look, I can pray and I'll get another job. I'm not going to do this anymore. But the ones that continue to do it, they don't have courage. They don't have freedom. They don't have faith. They don't have confidence. And they're doing what the, the elitists above them tell them to do. That's right. That's right. Come up with them. That's right. Amen. Ron, do you have a thought? Well, yeah, I, I, I it, and I think uh, Alan and I have, have had these conversations in, in this group. We had a number of people address them, uh, but he's exact, exact. I agree, hundred percent. It's the idea of of uh, if you well, we go back to this idea of, of uh, getting people, teach them how to uh, think and how to reason based on fact and not on not on their feelings. Uh, that's a long-term uh, process, uh, Stephanie. Uh, it, it started here with, in our school system back in the 60s, and it has continued on to this day. Uh, so it, it's, it's an uphill battle, and we're pushing against the waves. Uh, I would say uh, I would uh, make a habit, which we do, make a habit of engaging any and everybody I, I got put to me in front of, especially young people. And instead of uh, lecturing them and telling them things, I simply ask them questions. We, we, we learn to ask questions to lead people to discover truth. Uh, and you don't let them go back and forth in their feelings. And, and it's a, there are a number of, uh, we've just hired a guy at our church, actually, who's a, a pastor of, over worldview um, issues. And his job is basically to do just that, to start teaching young people how to think, how to uh, just go back to the old school debate uh, philosophy and concepts and strategies where you, you ask questions and lead people through a, a sort of logical path and they discover the truth. Uh, but the problem is, I think too many of us uh, have been affected by the whole idea of, of uh, dealing with our emotions uh, rather than on facts, and even when we don't realize it. So it's, it's, it's a, a sort of a long-term, sort of a narrowly focused, uh, I think, effort on our part to keep doing it. And primarily, every single person God puts me in front of, he looked for opportunities. Uh, it, it's tiring, <laughs> but it's one of those things that, that we have to do. Uh, secondly, I think you and Tank have done what I think I keep it as a lot of parents do. Take your kids out of public indoctrination systems. <laughs> Homeschool. 
homeschool them or get them to find a classic academy where people believe in the word of God, who yes. believe in classic uh, education, and who teach those things. Amen, Ron. Well, well, yeah. well, well, Joe, I'd like to introduce a new element of, of an issue that that we're fighting against as, as believers and uh, patriots and traditionalists of this country. And that is that, you know, we know from the beginning of time, from the Garden of Eden, that we have a major strategic battle going on in the land and in the world and in history. And that is that, that uh, Satan has his troops, just like we have our troops for freedom. Uh, you know, we have our evangelists and we have our pastors and we have people that are bringing people into the faith and, um, and, and what we do individually, tactically. But strategically, that, that Satan came down from, was thrown out of heaven, but he's got his troops out there. They're the demonic spirits. And, you know, I, 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 I've thought often about what happened in the 60s. Here we are, uh, we, we patriots. You know, we go off to fight communism in, in Vietnam. And what's happening back here, that's when, the, that's when the tide turned in America. That's when strategically the demonic spirits got to these people, started breaking down the traditional values of America. That becomes a strategic spiritual warfare attack, and that's, you know, we, we can talk about, Stephanie, we can talk about these journalists. We can talk about the change in, in direction, uh, Craig, about uh, in, in the medical profession. Ron, we can talk about pastors and uh, Joe, but what it really boils down to is that, uh, that individually, demonic spirits with, with pathways of evil that get into these people, they do the things they do because it's a deliberate and specific assault on goodness, on Christianity, and on the traditional values of America. And that becomes a spiritual, spiritual warfare, because if they have those openings and they have unconfessed sin, they don't know how to repent, they don't know about repentance, they're going to follow the devil. And they do, and that's what's happened in this country. They've gotten a good hold on this country in the schools. Ron, as you well know, teaching CRT and so forth, and uh, in the medical profession, um, the uh, the abortion issue, uh, Craig, boils down, you know, a lot involves around that. And all of these things make it a major, uh, a major issue that, that underlies everything. We can talk about these different individual things in the country, high-tech media, uh, journalism, uh, schools, et cetera, and, and, and education and administration in our school, in our cities, but it all boils down to we are fighting a major battle, and, and as Lord's people, we at least we know who they are, yeah. who our enemy is. Amen. What do you think, Paul? <laughs> I don't think Christians like to talk about warfare. I, you know, I... Uh, they they like to come, you know. We we want to be soothed and we want to laugh and we want to feel good, you know, and and uh, and show up and go to potlucks and stuff like that. And and my fifty five years of working in the church, you know, I I I remember saying to my people or the people that God had entrusted in my care, you know, I I do believe that the church will never ever be destroyed from an external force. Uh, it, it, it will it will be hammered from the inside, and if 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 Satan is allowed, and, and we don't know how to fight, you know that those kinds of things and stand up against those kind of things. If he's allowed, 
will be separated. And when we get separated, we're in trouble. And it, it appears to me that in our culture, almost everything in our culture divides us. Social media divides us. We don't have to talk face to face anymore. Uh, we, we can, you know, text somebody. Uh, the things in the schools, you know, out of control. I mean, those those kinds of things. So if we're reminded what Paul said in Ephesians chapter six, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We we fight against powers and principalities and rulers and chieftains in high places. And then he says, get your spiritual armor on. And if we could if we could somehow make that bridge, get across that bridge to where we could help people understand that this this is really a spiritual fight and it's right. a fight for the souls of, of, of people and um, and do the necessary things. You know, don't don't tell me about six ways Jesus wants me to love my job. You know, uh, tell me about what do I need when I go out there because I'm going to get beat up and uh, and I need to know how to defend against that. And uh, and I need to know that there are people watching my left and my right, and they've got my back, and they're in front of me. I I just think that's part of the process. But you talk about spiritual warfare in in church. My experience says it's all of a sudden people are like deer in in the headlights. You know, they oh you know here we go again. Uh, but it's real. It is real, right. and and, it, and it's claiming victims every day wholesale. And so that's just you know some Amen. of my. Yeah. Amen. Right on, Ron. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, well, you know, get uh, Linda and I, Linda and I, stopped attending a church because it's kind of um, very simplistically put. We got tired of hearing about Paul's third missionary visit. You know, third missionary trip. We want to know how to keep our lives straight. We want to know mm-hmm. uh, what we need to do to adhere to the standards that 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 God proposed and, and, and for those uh, people in Israel to, to make them, to bring them to the nation where they produced the Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. So he was getting them ready, you know, and all the ups and downs that I talked about. But, you know, the churches today, it's kind of like, where in the world did this woke culture come from? Well, I know where it came from. It's an attack on our country. It's an attack on the military. And, I mean, the, the and, and the freedoms, you know, these... 60,000 National Guard and Reserve troops are going to have to leave the military because they refuse to get the vaccine. You know, in this country, um, uh, Mm. there's people that the people supposedly are in churches and leading churches and are members of churches. Uh, They don't have the standards that are the typical evangelical standards that that I'm accustomed to and, and know to go by. That, that impact. I don't want a theocracy, but they're they're the the Christian standards that I go by that that I want to incorporate in my faithful life. But there's so many pastors like you talk about that they just they don't want to upset the people, and I guess they're worried about losing parishioners. They're losing, worried about losing contributors if they if they go to the heart of the issues. That you know, if you've got sin in your life, you got to change it. You'll be a better father. You'll be a better mother. You'll be a better a child, a better student, a better participant in society, if you clean your life up. I guess they don't want to talk about that because they'll, it'll make people feel guilty and they'll, they'll stop attending the church. Maybe they need to spend some time alone with the Lord. They need to go to church, but they also need to be alone, like you're saying, sir. 
and be able to, as, as we've said before, talk to the Lord, let him talk to you. And when you pray, do you just give a list or do you listen to what he's saying? Or do you allow God to grow you as you pray because you hear him? And can you get up off your knees and not be discouraged or disappointed when you don't have a final answer because you really do trust the one who does? And as Paul often says, one day at a time, he will cover it. It was an old song when we were in college, and we're going way back. But you'll remember it, sir. It was One Day at a Time, Sweet Jesus. You remember that one? It was an old t- song in Texas. That's really it. But they don't pray like these two. I talk to people. They haven't opened their Bible since they can remember. They go to church, but they just hear a nice story and fellowship. They need to be alone with God. I know Stephanie reads books like crazy. Tank brags on her. I think that's great, Steph. Way to go, Tank. But, you know, you can read a lot of great things, but make sure you don't read about the Bible. Make sure you read the Bible. So that I, I will tell you, we've been driving all day today and we arrived to this family home and I asked, we have four teenagers with us. And I said, well, one of you pray. And my son looks at me, he says, you should pray, mom. You've been reading the Bible all day. And I said, <laughs> well, that is true. Cause they heard us debating topics in the car and is this what scripture says and this book we're reading says this and how do we go back to it and I think a lot of what you're describing Alan goes back to spiritual warfare Satan is deceptive so if he can get someone to just say yes I'm a Christian and it's a checkbox they never open the Bible they never get in touch and have prayer time of course it's a great deception and so we have what I call church light or Christian light all the time. And it's a huge disservice to us. And then you see it affecting the family, it's fatherless homes. And then it, you know, it just is this trickle effect to everything. And interestingly, our teenagers want real conversation. What you were describing why you left a church, it's what our teenagers are asking for. So I do, I don't want to use the term revival lightly, but I do think we're seeing some shifting of people wanting more and really wanting to engage and they're sick of this kind of tiptoeing. Well, I, I think that we, I think that we're afraid to assert ourselves, you know, Linda has lost three friends after the election. Uh, you know, they know that they were very pro Trump and she has lost three friends. I mean, forever. They were 20 and 30 year long friends and uh, they're lost. And I said, that's fine. I don't care if you lose them or not. I got plenty of other people that um, that I want to associate with. I want to discuss with, and I want to pray with. Uh, and I have a group of young veterans that, that I am, I'm in a Bible study with. Um, but we are under attack. I mean, we're under attack, not just spiritual warfare, Paul, but mm-hmm. individually, we are under attack in our society, especially. That's what we're talking about. We are hit and beset and besieged by the arrows of the evil one every single arena in life. I mean, you know, in the 50s, I was a teenager, okay? But I don't remember having as many problems as our teenagers today. Yes, I mean, you know, things have changed in 60 years. Yeah, I think it's really all about the attack being Babel. So the, uh, basically, changing language, text, and song, Satan's musical, uh, in a way that we can no longer understand each other. Or when we do, 
we divide or one word is offensive to people and that's it's got to stop you know we've started we, we watch a lot of movies and um we, we watch a lot of the movies produced in the late 40s and early 50s you know and when they sang songs i could understand i could understand the words and if there was going to be some kind of a physical encounter there was a fading you know, it was a fading off the screen, and it seemed like they represented and reflected uh, manners and decorum much so, much more so than obviously today. And you know, we had people. We had people that. I mean, I still remember the people from teenager. I don't know any of the stars today. I don't know any of the stars. I mean, I remember the stars that were stars when when I was a teenager because I I thought they were pretty cool people. At least they reflected cool behavior, good behavior. That I appreciate it. No more. Huh. Where's John Wayne? <laughs> we have, uh, we've got about uh, three minutes. Somebody go ahead. We've got about three and a half minutes. I should have said, hit that clock. Go ahead, Ron. No, I hate, I hate this clock. But I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll go back again. I think um, your original point about how every segment of our society were being attacked. Uh, and I'll go back to Paul's uh, uh, touching on the, and, uh, Ephesians, where I think that's part of Paul's point in Ephesians and also Galatians, is that to understand the battle we're in every day. And I think that, that too often, I, I, I mentored three guys uh, weekly, and one of the things that uh, has come up often is that this time you spend with the Lord in the morning you first get up. Well, I forgot. Listen, son, if I told you an enemy was out the door next door or coming down the street, and when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is you grab your rifle, you put your gear on, you check everything, and you walk out of the door ready to defend yourself or to fight and take the heel. You would do it every single time. There would never be a single morning you got up and say, oh, crap, I forgot my rifle. Oh, I forgot my, my hand. You wouldn't. And I think that's right. that trying to get in their heads. It's what we most of us do. We get up in the morning and we just, well, we're going to get attacked somewhere down and down, maybe. No, it is a, you're walking into a battlefield every single day. And some people think that that's, that's extreme. I, I'll go back again. Paul's writing to the Ephesians. Paul's writing to Timothy and to Titus. Every single day, it is a battle because Satan is not giving up. That's he's, right. not, he's not resisting. The job that's for right. every single person, he says, is get up in the morning, put your battle gear on, and be ready to fight, and then march out there. Too many of us walk out lollygagging, looking at the sun, sunset, and we get attacked. And then the people we would have helped, we can't help. Why? Because we've been wounded. That's Sorry. it, Paul. You had a thought, Paul? I think I could sum it up uh, theologuing here with two T-shirts that I have seen. Uh, one T-shirt said, Bacon, another reason I know Jesus loves me. Okay? That was one, one T-shirt I saw. And the other T-shirt I saw was, Demons never die. They just go to hell and regroup, you know, and uh, when they come back. Kind of they don't just stay there? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're loose. They get resurrected too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, folks, I want you to know that uh, we're going to be privileged to have Alan back with us on uh, October the 10th. We're excited. He'll be with us October the 10th. And, uh, boy, God really worked in this, sir. I mean, you sounded clear and perfect on the uh, phone, and we were able to get everything you said. And, again, your wisdom has really blessed all of us. 
we just could sit there and let you share it. Like you said, you could, you've been down the road and you've seen it all and heard it all. And, uh, and we really appreciate you. Right, folks. We really appreciate that. Um, well, I think you put together a great group of uh, colleagues here for this program. I'm oh, the delighted with the interchange and the dialogue. <laughs> they are the best. There's, there's no better team in the whole world than this group right here that we get to get together. I, I thank God for them all the time. Um, so on the 10th, Alan will be back with us. So mark your calendars now, folks. And uh, we want you to know that next week we will have with us, uh, it's going to be exciting, Kevin Kiley. I've spoken with him twice. He is running for United States Congress. Kevin Kiley will be with us next week. He is tr- uh, backed by Trump. He is from the California Assembly. And uh, like he says there, the fighter that we need in D.C. And he is a strong believer he is, uh, he's got an incredible pedigree, but the guy loves this nation and loves what happens here. So next week, Kylie will be with us. It's going to be really exciting. And uh, some of the things we've heard tonight, I told him about you, uh, sir, and he was uh, excited to know that you were there. I wouldn't be surprised if he might call you and say, hey, would you give me a word or something? So I just stepped out on I'll a limb there. I'll give him a check. I'll give him a word. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's a Not good a guy. Check. Yeah, you'd like him. And, yeah, not. I usually ask permission to use a name, but I thought, Kevin needs to know you, so that's going to be good. Yeah. And we can't say how great it is to have our favorite people on the entire East Coast back with us. And uh, it's just great. And and we're going to pray you're better. I'm going to close in a prayer. And, and, uh, and Steph, we're going to pray you're feeling better. And Tank and uh, Ron, thanks, brother. You went through a lot to get through this tonight. And your mission is going to be a great success. <laughs> and tell Ross, thank you. <laughs> It's going to be great. So uh, let me let me just have a prayer real quick. And you guys were great tonight. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your only begotten sin, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we're thankful that not only someday will we see you face to face, but we're thankful that because of what he did at Calvary, he walks with us every day. When we go out the door armed and ready, as Ron said, when we realize As the captain said, you have a plan and you are marching ahead of us in it. Father, remind us as uh, the scripture teaches, we face each day in victory because the battle's already been won. Give us courage, give us strength, and we give you the glory and the honor. And Father, would you also help Stephanie to feel better, get her over this illness and tank too, and, uh, and be with Ron as we've been praying for what is happening there in Florida. Make it all work together perfect for your glory and for all the plans that they have. And Father, would you be with um would you be with our honorable um alan clark i feel so different just calling him alan or clark or sir because he's such yeah, a alan's fine alan's good all right just be with alan lord <laughs> bless and meet him at the deepest points of their need and father continue to bless others through his spoken word through his written word through his prayerfully powerful prayers and words and we thank you for great men of God like Alan. And uh, Lord, bless him. And we look forward to seeing him again real soon. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And uh, I just, brilliant. Ladies, thanks for, and gentlemen, thanks for checking in. And we'll be back. Alan will be talking with you. And uh, you come back and join us again on your show, Raising Expectations. See you soon. Bye-bye. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged 
to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.